Elkhart County is a place where quality craftsmanship, innovation, and collaboration result in a well-crafted life. With an appreciation for all things handmade and homegrown, we leave our mark on everything we hold. Elkhart County is well-crafted. Welcome to the people and places along the Heritage Trail in Elkhart County, Indiana podcast. Hey, this is John Hunsberger, Executive Director of the Elkhart County CVB, and I'm excited to welcome you to this week's episode. First, you'll learn about Rue 152, a fun and inviting bistro, brewery, and distillery located in Napanee. Then, get caught up on what's happening at Wellfield Botanical Gardens in Elkhart and what you can expect to see in bloom when you visit. Then, wrap up by getting the details of the Wakarusa Maple Syrup Festival, happening April 22 through 24. Hi, this is Amanda with the Elkhart County CVB, and on this segment, I am really excited to have Rue 152 here with me. Cami, David, and Zach are gonna tell us a lot of really cool and interesting things. So first of all, Cami, uh, you are the owner. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Rue 152 was started? Yeah, sure. So a little bit of background. In 2015, I um, I left my employment, my 25 years in banking. And at that point, I was bored and my husband says, what do you want to do? And at that time, I thought we would have an edge if we did something along like a, a catering hall slash wedding venue. There was such a need in our community for that. And so after about a year of research, just nothing ever, ever came to fruition. We could never find the right property. So he says, what's your next? And we like to travel. We like to experience nice restaurants and we will drive a ways to do that. And I said, well, how about a restaurant? We love our community. We need something in Napanee. So that was kind of our next step. And then it kind of went on the back burner and I was on the Boys and Girls Club board. Gary Nephew, who is now our, our partner, um, joined the board and I got to know him a bit. He joined a subcommittee with my husband, got to know my husband a bit. And they got to talking during a meeting and Gary's like, oh, my dream is a brewery in Napanee. And we're like, our dream is a nice restaurant in Napanee. So why don't we just partner and um, work better together versus separately? And that's how the, the concept um, started. And then after, I don't know, probably about a six month conversation back and forth with them, we started looking for property and then landed where we are today. And where you're at today um, took on a major transformation. I mean, that was just kind of a basic building and, and you guys all did such an amazing job at making that a truly beautiful piece of architecture. Can you tell us just a little bit about uh, the aesthetics before we get into some of the incredible brews that are made and those delicious menu items? Yeah, sure. And Dave, feel free to pipe in. He was with us through that whole, the whole demo too. In fact, he probably had more manpower and sweat equity in that, but, um, you know, Gary and Sarah kind of had their thoughts on where they wanted to be. And Scott and I did. And the more we talked through it, um, we came to an agreement that where we're at today was the best spot. We like, we knew we needed a lower level, a basement for brewery equipment to sit on. We knew we wanted a two floor, two level seating area. There was an elevator already in there to be able to get supplies down to. So it was just, it was a good, it, there was good bones, but the building itself was in really bad shape. I never seen the second level. That's how bad it was. My husband would never let me go up there to see it before it was demoed. He's like, you'll never want it if you see it. Dave probably did. Um, but we started demo Dave and I don't know, probably what, 15 football guys or more yeah. um, spent countless hours demoing that building and taking it down to just the bare structure. And then 
I don't know, what was it, Dave? Eight, like an 18 month process. It just kind of kept going and going. And yeah, um, it was an adventure. There was there was new projects that popped up a lot. And uh, I think we we trucked through it pretty good. Yeah, there was, you know, with a building that old, there was a, a lot of structural um, things we had to do. So like it was it was re reestablishing like all the walls and being, bringing in a lot of steel beams, which we didn't originally anticipate. Um, after we bought the building, the front, the whole front facade was leaning. And so our insurance company would not insure us. So it was like tearing down the whole front facade. So it just kept getting pushed back. And but thankfully, because of what we had to do, looking back, we have what we have today. So it, it turned out fine. It was just it was a long, a long process. Oh man, it turned out so much better than fine. It really is such an absolutely beautiful space. So, you know, we've covered the space, but really you guys are known for the delicious brew and the delicious food. So David, you are the head brewer and you yes. brew everything on site. And part of the aesthetics of the facilities that you can see on the equipment, right? Yeah, we have a, a like a tap room area that kind of surrounds some of the, the brew house and the, the still. So you can sit up there and have your dinner and have some drinks and kind of peek down in there and see some of the equipment. Can you tell us a little bit about the types of beer that you brew? Absolutely. So uh, we have 14 taps that I keep filled up. I, I try to do a pretty good mix of everything. Uh, so I, I like to do a lot of lagers. So I usually have two, three, four lagers on and that can have a lot of variance just within that style. I usually try to keep a few IPAs on or something hoppy. Uh, I like to have multi stuff on uh, and then I usually try to have at least a couple just weird things with you know just kind of off the wall flavors just to throw it in there and keep people interested keep them guessing. So what is your favorite? If you could only have one tap one one type what would you pick? Oh uh, I <laughs> So I always tell everybody that I, I stay away from the whole favorites game. I just feel like it kind of locks you into something without any real purpose. So I don't know if I could ever just do one tap. I would just be like, we're going to, we're going to do something to make more taps. <laughs> you, you know, that, that always um, seems to be the craft brewery mindset is like, yeah. I'm, I'm not locking myself into one. It depends on the day and everything. Now, do you guys also um, do some distilling? Yes. Uh, so with Indiana laws, we had to wait 18 months to apply for our distillation permit. So we just got that in March of 2021. So we were ready to hit it running. As soon as we got that permit, we started aging American single malt whiskey right away. So that's something that's going to take several years before you start seeing that. Uh, but all the clear spirits we're able to release right away. That's stuff that you can bottle pretty much right off the still right away. So we do vodka, rum. Uh, it's We call it tranquila. It's like a tequila type product. It's a agave um, spirit. Uh, it's like tequila. So we sell a lot of that. Uh, we also have a spice drum, uh, white whiskey. So yeah, it's been fun to play with that. That's very cool and so unique for being right in downtown Napanee. Now, certainly the beer is a highlight, but you guys have some of the most beautiful food too. So Zach, as the executive chef, can you tell us a little bit more about the types of food that you're curating for that menu and the process behind that? Yeah. So, you know, Rue as a restaurant is still fairly young it's only two and a half years old give or take and uh they 
previous chef really did a great job of putting Rue on the map, not just in our county, but regionally as well. So, um, you know, stepping into this role, I uh, wanted to bring some of my own influences. Uh, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My family owned an Italian restaurant for almost 40 years. Um, and I also owned my own restaurant previously for about six years. And it was more of a Southern gastro pub. So taking those influences and, and kind of uh, applying them to uh, what they had already established here and uh, continue to move forward with that. Do you have, what's your favorite menu item that you currently have? I'm going to, I'm going to stick that question on you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Dave's route. And, oh, uh, man. You know, <laughs> Changes every week. You know, I think um, it just depends what I'm in the mood for. Um, you know, I had never worked with uh, sushi before uh, starting here. And um, so I probably gravitate towards our, our sushi here a little bit more, you know, but I, you know, it changes week to week. If I want a burger, we have great burgers. Uh, our chicken sandwich is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it changes week to week. Kimmy, do you have a favorite kind of cocktail or your favorite type of beer that you would recommend? So I'm a huge fan of sour. Um, and so Dave it is releasing a couple that have been in barrels for, I don't know, what's it been, Dave? It seems like forever. Those barrels look like they were going to bust at the seams. Yeah, it's um, been two years. For yeah, ones. so I cannot wait to come in tomorrow and get my bottles of those. And and he does such a good job, just, just very eclectic with his beers. But the sours is what I tend to gravitate to. And then when it comes to, you know, our cocktails, I'm, I'm a big fan of his rum. So um, anything with the rum in it. And, and, you know, when it comes to Zach's cooking, what's what's worked so well is how much Zach can use Dave's beers and a lot of what he does. Um, so whether it's making sauces or marinating some proteins, it's really cool just to see the the teamwork and how we can use our products, you know, across some different departments and their creativeness is just outstanding. I mean, I, I, I can't be more proud of, you know, our leadership there and how they they're very creative and it just makes us stand out and be very different. You know, absolutely. And, and you talk about the leadership and a little bit earlier, you talked about your involvement um, with some of the nonprofits here in Elkhart County. Um, you guys are really involved in the community and that give back mentality, which is really something that Elkhart County is known for. Cami, can you tell us a little bit more about you know, the process of why you want to become so involved in the community and how you support the community? Yeah. So, you know, it's, we have all of our um, owners have the same mentality, even down to some of our, our minority owners. We just, we love our community. We believe in, um, you know, it takes all of us to make it better. And um, with being a small community, there's, I feel like sometimes you can make more of an impact and, and we feel that there, but um, Boys and Girls Club is a, is very near and dear to us. Um, we're very involved in that. We like to donate big packages and then have, you know, guests come to us for the first time or experience new things with us. And our other partner, Sarah, she's very much into running. And so she's starting up a running club. And because of that, she started up a nonprofit called Ignite Infinity, which focuses a lot on mental health and um, the wellness there. And so that's been a really fun thing to see grow out of what started with a running club. And now it's, it's, it's evolved. You know, Dave's big on that. He's, he's made some beers that we've, we've been able to help, um, in that, in that area as well. So, you know, we, we do stuff with Wani robotics. And so we try to, you know, reach the educational piece and children and, and just overall, you know, health 
which, you know, is so important. Um, certainly good beer, good uh, conversation, good running, good aesthetics. You really have the entire package there at Rue 152. You know, we have covered a lot. I'm sure that we have made several mouths water, which is always the goal. How can the listeners find out more about you, your location, your tap list, the menu, all of those things? Yeah, so the, the biggest the biggest or the easiest way to follow us would be through um, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we try to post features. Dave posts his upcoming, you know, beer releases. Um, our website, you know, lists our menu. We can be found downtown Napanee, right in the middle of all of the excitement that's happening in our, our small little Amish town. And yeah, that's Social media is always the best way. Cami, David, and Zach, thank you so much for hopping on our podcast and talking about some great food, some great beer. Uh, we would love to have you back later, talk about some of the fall flavors and, and upcoming events that you have. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Terry Mark with the Elkhart County CBB. And I'm pleased to be joined by Eric Garten of the Wellfield Botanic Gardens. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing fantastic, Terry. Thanks for having me on. Eric, you've got one of my favorite jobs of all of Elkhart County being uh, at the Wellfield Gardens. But can you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about what uh, what people can experience when they walk in and, and what you're excited about in 2022? Sure, absolutely. And I and and thanks for that comment. I, I do feel very fortunate uh, to be in the position that I am and to be able to come to a place this beautiful every day and have the most amazing living office is, is just incredible. So uh, thank you for that there there's something throughout the year for everyone at Wellfield. Uh, we've got so many different aspects of, of what we are. Of course, our mission is really four parts. We are all about educating people about the importance of water to life. We like to inspire folks and, and get them excited and creative. Uh, we're about promoting stewardship for the environment, and we're also about growing community. And so those are really our four pillars of what we do. And we try to have all of our events and our, our seasons really reflect those pieces of our mission. Uh, so of course, in the springtime, uh, you know, the April, May, and even into June, we have amazing displays of tulips and daffodils, um, crocus that come up in some of the turf areas that we have here. It's just one of those times of year where we don't do a lot of extra decorating or theming, the garden really takes care of itself. And that's that time of, of rejuvenation. We, we call it spring splendor. Uh, we have the, uh, our seasons broken out and, and we theme them each year around that. So spring splendor is a, an amazing time of year where it's just riotous color. It's just fantastic. And you can come throughout the weeks and even day to day and see different things, you know, the trees and the shrubs start blooming and, and uh, after those daffodils and tulips, it's just, it's just incredible. Uh, we typically partner in May with the Four Winds Garden Club to do a plant sale. So if you're ever looking for things to buy for your own yard, that's a, that's a great time to do that as well. And as we work through springtime and into summer, uh, that's when we really start thinking about those week to week things. So concerts, you know, we do a 10 week concert series that starts in June and normally runs through the uh, third or fourth week in August every year. And it's a, it's a Thursday evening affair there's food, there's music, and of course, the garden itself is the real show. You know, you can, anybody can listen to music anywhere, but you can't do that in a place this beautiful 
and we also do food every week and we have a, a bar from a local caterer. And so it's a great time, whether you're a real a music fan or whether you just like to be social and have some music in the background, we can accommodate that for you here. And that all culminates in uh, the Taste of the Gardens, which is a big art, food, and uh, music event. And it runs all day. And that's always the fourth Sunday in August. And so we partner with local restaurants and uh, regional artists and some local bands to just bring a whole fun day. It's, it's one of the, my favorite days of the year. We bring several thousand people into the garden that day. As fall comes around, we start looking forward to the beautiful foliage. Uh, it's just a, it's a gorgeous time of year. We generally try to bring in some uh, extra, uh, extra decorations with gourds and pumpkins, and we have some seasonal displays. And really what we're kind of leading up to is our big winter wonderland holiday lights event that starts always the Friday after Thanksgiving. And it's over a million lights in different displays throughout the garden and about a half mile trail around with fire pits and holiday music and uh, a bar where you can get hot cocoa for the kids and uh, hot cocoa with a little something else in it for the adults. It's an amazing event and it's grown. We have, a, have had a plan each year to add to that. And so every year it gets bigger and brighter. And we say happy new year. We all take a half hour nap and then we get right back at it in January and we start planning again for the next year. So it's a, it's a full year commitment. We have a great team of folks here that includes hundreds of volunteers that give thousands of hours throughout the year. We, we're always looking for more folks to help out with that. Wow, you've got me so excited to uh, for my next visit to the gardens. And as you said, every year is something is changing. Uh, you're adding something. Uh, what uh, what can I look forward to as I come in uh, for my next visit? Yeah, so we are a 36 acre botanic garden that has about 18 acres of water. And so if you like beautiful reflections, the sound of water, we have sculptural art. We have, of course, nature's art, you know, how we kind of craft that with our horticulturists, but we just have things in bloom throughout the year. And, and literally almost every month of the year, you'll be able to find something blooming, even in the winter months. Uh, we actually have some winter blooming shrubs in uh, our what's called our spring garden. And uh, there is just something to see all throughout the year. And I, I really encourage people to visit at least once a season as we are open all year round. But to be able to come in and just even take a, a nice walk, we have memberships available where you can come and walk free throughout the year and participate as a, as a member and also help support us. When you enter Wellfield, we want it to be a place of healing. We want it to be a place of peace beauty, just you name it, the garden can be so many things. And that's, and you having, I know you visit a lot with, with your family and, and you come to look forward to these certain plants and different scenes that you'll see. That's a, something that everyone can participate in. And, and we hope that you'll come and find your favorite part of the garden, your favorite bench to sit at, your favorite waterfall or fountain uh, to enjoy. And just to enjoy that throughout the years and watch our garden grow. That's great. Well, <clears throat> for anyone who's planning a visit, uh, I imagine there's ways for people to find out even uh, more details. Uh, where can people learn more? 
Of course, uh, our, our website's really the, the most comprehensive bit of information, and that's at wellfieldgardens.org. Uh, and uh, of course, we do a lot on social media. So, you know, those are things that whether you're a Facebook person or Instagram, obviously, is very visual. So we do a lot on Instagram, and we even have a Twitter and a LinkedIn feed, and you can find us on those and follow us on a daily basis. But for the most up-to-date information, just check out wellfieldgardens.org, and it'll lead you to all the different events and, and special happenings that we have throughout the year. Thanks so much, Eric, for the time and uh, see you at the garden soon. You're welcome, Terry. Have a great rest of your day. Hi, this is Amanda and I am back again with another great segment. I've got Deb Shively with the Wakarusa Chamber here with me and we are going to talk about a very exciting event happening really soon, the Wakarusa Maple Syrup Festival. Hey Deb, how are you doing? I'm good. How are good. you? So this is such a fun event that really kicks off spring uh, down in Wakarusa. Can you tell us about the Maple Syrup Festival? Yeah, the Maple Syrup Festival is a three-day event, and I think it's a pretty well-ran event for being from such a small town. I think we marvel any other three-day event in the, in the state. We have, um, we boast about so many sponsors that support us each year, which the Convention and Visitor Bureau is certainly one of them. Yes, we are proud to be a sponsor of this great event for Wakarusa. And I happen to go through our brochure and there's probably 20 things people can do at this festival for free because of our generous sponsors. Now, so you mentioned that it is a three-day event. It starts on a Friday with a lot of fun activities. What can visitors to the event expect to do on Friday? Well, you always have to grab a free bag of kettle pop popcorn. Ooh. And then entertainment starts in our um, entertainment tent around three o'clock. That's when the school children get out of school and the choirs sing for us. Oh, wow. That's really uh, awesome that it's engaging with the school. Yeah, we, we also have Pogo Fred as one attraction at one end of the street. <laughs> and at the other end of the street, you get to see a BMX bike show. And both of those are free. Oh, all wow. Our, yeah, all our entertainment in our entertainment tent is free. Okay, so we can do that on Friday. I believe, like all great Midwestern festivals, we crown a pageant queen, a sweetheart queen. And what makes it really unique is you also have a little sapling contest. Yeah, on Friday night, we crown the queen of the festival and the little sweetheart. And then the sapling contest actually runs through the festival where people vote with voting jars when they see the little cute two and three year olds pictures on the, the little jars. Oh, that is adorable. Yeah. And that goes all weekend. So you can yes. definitely get your friends and family to come back and keep voting for that. How fun. Now, one of my favorite parts about the Maple Syrup Festival is actually on Saturday morning because that is the really big, really delicious pancake and sausage meal. Is that a fundraiser for the Lions Club? Yes, for the Lions Club and the Volunteer Fire Department. Oh, so there are firemen there serving pancakes and sausage. I love it. Yes, it is at the fire station now and it is only on Saturday so people will want to come 7 a.m. to 2 because um, they go till they're sold out and there are lots of times they are sold out before 2 o'clock. Oh yeah I mean I know even when that starts there is a line of people hungry and ready so then after you grab your pancakes and sausage there's a parade. Yes it's at 10 o'clock and it's been one of the highlights and very well attended. It's really fun and people just enjoy coming out and watching the parade. I love it. Now, there also is a 5K run walk that people can sign up for. That um, 
good for them. That is, you know, running <laughs> past the sausage and the pancakes and going for that 5k is really cool. Or maybe they take their run and then they swing by and grab all of the carbs. That's great. Yeah. So- I would if I were them. <laughs> <laughs> so on Saturday, the event goes until nine o'clock. So I'm assuming that there's entertainment all day. And then Sunday is a fairly full day too, with with again, the entertainment and uh, all of the fun carnival rides. We didn't even talk about those yet. Yeah, the carnival rides run all three days. So the kids just love that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this April time here in Northern Indiana is always beautiful. So Deb, if people are already jotting down all of these great things to see and do at the Maple Syrup Festival, where can they learn more information? Go to the website, wakarusamaplesyrupfestival.com. It's kind of long, so you'll be able to see the whole lineup on, on our website. Or you can um, find us on Facebook. Deb, thanks for joining us so much. Um, I am looking forward to talking to you later in the year because the other fun fact about Wakarusa is in the fall, you have a really fun thing that happens in downtown and we can give a little teaser. The pumpkin tree? Yes, the pumpkin tree. That is such a fun... Yeah, it happens. So I would love to connect with you later on in the year and talk about all of the fun fall things happening in Wakarusa. That will be wonderful. Great. Thanks again. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying getting to know more about the people and places that make Elkhart County a well-crafted place. Learn more about Elkhart County, Indiana at visitelkhartcounty.com and plan your next adventure. Join us next time for more well-crafted stories about the people and places along the Heritage Trail.